Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm 31 and I can do whatever I want. Today, I'm told. No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory and alongside me, as always, that's Taz Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And last but not least, over yonder, the apprentice, Eshua Kid. How y'all doing? Hey, hey, what's up, Ash? Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away. Subscribe to No Dunks. Let's get to 100K, baby, on YouTube. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Told you this yesterday. A lot of new designs up at nodunks.com, especially for you uh, Celtics fans and you Sixers fans and you Heat fans and you Nuggets fans. Don't be ashamed. I love that one. I love that Robert Pack throwback down there in the corner. So go to nodunks.com for all your No Dunks merch. On today's pod, we're still buzzing from Steph Curry's 50 burger over the weekend. So we're going to count down the top 10 greatest game seven performances in NBA history. This is a really fun list I'm going to take you guys through. We're going to look ahead to tonight's two playoff games. We're going to do a deep dive on Jimmy Butler's gate as he was walking around NYC like a tourist yesterday. <laughs> Trey Kirby was just looking at nonstop footage of Jimmy Butler and how he looked. It looked no different than, like, if you went to New York City, you're like, check out these cool stores I visited. I like the look of this mannequin. But the guy just had one of the great first-round series that we've ever seen, and we're curious if he's going to play tonight. But at least he's having fun in the Big Apple. Yeah, he's messing with us. Uh-huh, a little bit. He's clearly saying... I am walking a lot. I am a <laughs> yes. tourist in New York City with a bum ankle. Am I going to play? Or aren't I? <laughs> He's playing. We'll get to that. And uh, we got Tweet of the Night as well. But first, put your big boy pants on, boys. James Harden scores 45. He hits the late three as the 76ers down the Celtics. Dare I say shock the Celtics. 119-115 in game one without Joel Embiid. Fun one. Last night in the garden and uh, Harden, maybe his greatest playoff game of his career. <laughs> Top three for sure. Especially with ridiculously low expectations coming in. I mean, he surpassed those uh, exceedingly uh, for sure. Doc Rivers definitely empowers his role players. That's his thing uh, when his stars go out. But no one was expecting this, were they? I definitely was not. I don't think anyone was <laughs> expecting Harden to do anything like this. Actually, I read that report uh, that came up pregame that he he talked to reporters and said, you know, I've sacrificed a lot being here as a number two person. And I thought, come on, you can't do what you used to do anymore. Right. And then, bang! <laughs> uh, maybe he needs to be a number one guy to have that ball in his hands to, to be able to be anywhere close to that 30, 35 point guy because he hasn't been that with Joel Embiid he hasn't had to be that he's obviously been very good Uh, and I I think the Celtics have to be kicking themselves with how soft they played him to get him going it was Mm. mainly Derek White to start he's given him a lot of space and and you want him to take those shots Um, but he obviously got going didn't get they didn't get the ball out of his hands no one could do anything the deeds has been just bad overall they've had four performances in this postseason that have been worse than every single performance Last year, they would have been their, their four worst last year. So they haven't been good. Maybe they go to Robert Williams just to change it up. Uh, but if you're staying at home on Harden, the other guys can't have good games too. And that's what happened. They had five guys in double digits. So that's the surprising part. They weren't doubling. But still, Tobias goes off. Maxi goes off. Paul Reed getting dunks. Uh, they had five guys in double digits. That just can't happen. So yeah, Melton, Cel- a great game off the yeah. bench. Yeah, so Celtics should be kicking themselves for the defense. And then the way they broke down the last few minutes offensively. 
they couldn't do anything offensively. Trey, what was better last night? Harden's fit, looking like the cookie monster, looking like Sully from Monsters, Inc., or the line that he has, 45 points, 17-30 shooting, seven threes, perfect at the line, six assists, two steals. That was quite the fit we saw. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> James Harden, those were some gigantic pants. And as the Sixers fans were saying post-game, it's to fit his huge balls. <laughs> <laughs> what a performance by James Harden made me pill on my biggest pants today, hoping to get some of that swag as well. Uh, yeah, incredible stuff um, from Harden. It's easy to forget now. I certainly did that he was the guy with health concerns coming into the playoffs. Right. We were talking all throughout the first uh, first round how nice it's going to be for the Sixers to get some rest for Joel Embiid to be full speed going against these Boston Celtics, how bad it was for the Celtics to extend their series against the Hawks. It gave Harden nine days off, gave him a chance to look as fresh as he has. I didn't know that he still had a 45-point game in the playoffs in him, but he obviously did. That's the yin and yang of predictions for you right there, because I did say yesterday, the Celtics are going to lose a game because they do dumb stuff and they don't shoot the ball well. That happened. I also said James Harden doesn't have it in him to carry the Sixers (laughs) to a win. That was completely wrong, but Harden... He's a killer in game ones. He's got 10 40-point games in the playoffs in his career. Four of them have come in game ones. They were not ready for it. We used to have a board back in the starters days. I was going through the old Google Docs trying to to dig it up. But apparently just Googling James Harden game one, it ain't coming up right away. Nonetheless... That, all the recipe was there. Harden was cooking. The rest of the Sixers were hitting shots. They just tried to outmath the Celtics. They said, we're not going to try and shoot twos. We might as well just shoot threes, play a little bit fast. And then the Celtics were incredibly dumb. 16 turnovers to six turnovers for Philadelphia. Tatum was making incredibly lazy passes in the fourth quarter. There was obviously that weird maxi layup where <laughs> everybody just completely gave up on the play. Then I thought some weird stuff from Joe Mazzula as well in the last couple of plays. Not doubling James Harden after he's been cooking the entire night. I know that's not how the Celtics play, yeah. but maybe you should try it uh, in that moment. And then also like entering the ball to Marcus Smart on their last possession. That's a very risky proposition, and as we saw, it went the wrong way. Yeah, what did you think about the way they played Harden at the end? that Trey is alluding to there, where they're down one, and Harden hits the contested three-pointer, but they got the easy switch, Horford takes him, and he banged it in his face. Um, Were you shocked? No issues with it, because it is Horford, he's not bad. Is it more amazing that Harden didn't blow by Horford and actually did have to hit a contested three? What do you think? Yeah, it's easy to question now, for sure. Horford was right on him. Yeah. There's no doubt he was right there. Missoula said the couple times we doubled, they did hit shots. They got six points off our two doubles, and we didn't want to do that. I don't I don't really think that's where the game was lost, in all honesty. They were up four with three minutes left, yeah. and they just had bad possession after bad possession after bad possession. I mean, you can go through it. At three minutes left, Tatum did nothing for 20 seconds. Yeah, he dribbled a... the air out of the ball. Yeah. On that. But that's what they are doing, that like, like prevent offense yep. when they get a lead. Yeah, but he was calling for something, and they just didn't know what they were running. Yeah. And so for literally 20 seconds, then he finally chucked one up and missed. How does that happen? How do you not know what he's signaling and calling? There was a lot of times, even defensively, uh, Marcus Smart was was calling out, what the hell happened to that easy Paul Reed dunk, the easiest thing in the freaking world, or when Tobias Harris was doing a yakety sax and he did a loop-de-loop around Al Horford. <laughs> that was strange. 440 left there. I think it was the third quarter. Um, that was weird. And then you go from the Tatum possession to Jalen Brown, two minutes left. He's in transition. He's got Harden in between yeah. him and the hoop. That's it. Just James Harden. And he pulls it out. Uh, and, yep. and, and they missed a couple times on that possession. And then 30 seconds left, that Malcolm Brogdon passed to Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> They're on opposing teams. It's at the end. Of- <laughs> it was a good look, though. It was wide <laughs> it open. Was open. <laughs> I-, I loved it. It was right at the end of the shot clock. Uh, Brogdon, I don't know, he thought, I guess, Tatum was there or some or somebody was there, and he passed it literally to Malcolm Brogdon for a breakaway layup the other way. They could have said Maxie, shot clock yeah. violation. I'm sorry yeah. uh, for Tyrese Maxey. They could have said shot clock violation. That basket doesn't count. But it was the right call. I guess it was right before the shot clock went off. Anyway, they've yeah, lots of things went wrong. Uh, I don't think you could just put it on that that Horford move. They just stunk. They hit fifty nine percent of their shots in this game. The Celtics did. That's yeah, good. They didn't play any defense. Barkley no. was spot on at the uh, in the post game. He said they had ten personal fouls. 
They didn't play any defense last night. Horford said post game they didn't feel us defensively. Yeah. We let up because we knew Embiid wasn't going to be there, and that's 100% what it looked like. You throw in the three-point shooting difference, 17 for Philadelphia, only 10 for Boston. That's kind of the story of the Celtics season. When they look their worst, it's just unserious basketball out there and trying to make it back uh, with three-point shooting. Yeah, the the turnover for Maxi <laughs> that was just a like a bunch of scared guys it looked like from the Celtics nobody wanted to take the shot and then only Maxi, literally only Maxi, played to the whistle and it turned out to be such a huge play because it got him a two for one as well one with a layup right. and one with a three pointer one on one like Barkley said big guys can't guard guards that's why you see guards have all these humongous yeah. sh- like that's an easy shot for Harden they the Celtics let PJ Tucker play 28 minutes and not take a shot that's insane. Yeah. The Sixers were playing four on five for most of the night, and they scored 119 points. Yeah, it was wild. That that final play there, that one we're talking about, the Brogdon play where he throws it to Maxi for the fast break, um, that to me was just another example of them playing prevent offense. They didn't get into anything in that in that offensive set until about 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Then it started being hot potato, so there was movement. Credit to the Sixers' defense on that play if you go back and watch it. Especially Tobias Harris, Tucker, they are scrambling like motherfuckers. Like, they're in a sort of zone setup too. But yeah, it goes from Brogdon, I believe it went then into the corner to Jalen Browns. It goes, it goes then to Smart, sorry, it went from Brogdon to Smart, to Jalen Brown, back to Smart, to Tatum, back to Brogdon, who then looked like he had a jumper. Like, he could have taken a jumper at the end of the shot clock, uh, and instead... Panicked a little bit. I don't know if he was going back to Tatum or what the move was. And that's where it just goes right to Maxi. I was ecstatic that they didn't call a shot clock violation. For 15 years, I've complained about that, where you play great defense, and then right at the end of the shot clock, the defense gets the ball, and they say, oh, nope, shot clock. You're like, the advantage was to the defense. And that was a perfect example. So I was happy with that. And he goes the other way. And, you know, I think, was it Tatum or whoever said, like, uh, we thought it was a shot clock violation. We stopped playing. And eh, you were not catching Tyrese Maxey, the <laughs> fastest guy on the floor anyway. So don't worry about that. No. But how about Paul Reed stepping to the free throw line and hitting four big free throws down the stretch? I don't even think he hit the rim. Reggie was pointing out on the broadcast. 10 points, 13 boards. He had another bad sort of first half. Got it going in the second half. Those free throws were massive in this very close game. Yeah, that's what uh, J.R. Smith's dad taught him. Free throw doesn't count if it hits the rim and goes oh, in. Oh, jeez. I like that's that. That's a J.R. Smith <laughs> shout-out. Just, wow. wa- just, wa- just watched his, his dad uh, Earl, huh? His dad or the, the real Earl. Earl uh, the original Earl. Anyway, um, yeah, the, the Brogdon pass is un-Brogdon-like. I guess he just missed a three-point shot. But, yeah, everyone was definitely really hesitant. That's what we saw in Game 5 against the Atlanta Hawks. And then in Game 6, they corrected it. The Celtics figured out we got to play faster, get into our sets, you know, move the rock. And that didn't happen these last few minutes. They went back to their old mistakes. And, yeah, Paul Reed, ridiculously confident getting a start. Why? Because the Celtics were soft defensively. If You just give the other team confidence. You gave James Harden confidence. You gave Tobias Harris confidence if you're going to play that soft throughout the entire game. So that's why they're so confident. That's why the Celtics fell apart. But... Yeah, totally. Uh, lots of credit to Maxi. Even Harden on that James uh, Jason Tatum three-point shot with a few minutes left. He was playing defense. Everyone was sensing that they could steal this game. Yeah. And they were playing great. So you give a team life. <laughs> you, you, they, the Celtics shot 72% in the first half and were only up three points uh, because – they couldn't. They they just they weren't physical. I mean, uh, the, the, there's still answers for Harden in, when you when you mix in Smart and Derek White and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They should still have answers there to play one on one. But they didn't play physical, and so it's an attitude thing. And we continued into the third quarter. The Celtics couldn't couldn't miss in the third quarter, and that's the point where I thought, okay, maybe. The Celtics, from the first half to the second half, they decide, all right, we're going to win this thing defensively. Maybe we started slow here in game one, but it didn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, they, they are definitely kicking themselves. Uh, this is a wild one. And maybe to get that attitude going into game two, Robert Williams gets and started to the starting lineup. Easy to forget that he was the guy who started all last year during the postseason run. So maybe it's a... Uh, Maybe it's something there that that changes. I think I like Trey's idea of, uh, hey, if Embiid is not playing again in Game 2, and we'll see now what they do, because now they got sort of maybe the split that you hope to get on the road. Do you just buy him even more time to heal up? We'll wait and see. But, uh, um, yeah, make P.J. Tucker at least take a shot. 
by running other guys, multiple guys at, you know, Hardens and Maxis and stuff like that, make the ball get kicked to PJ Tucker, see if he can beat you from the corner, see if he can beat you from inside even. It's he's unbelievable set, he didn't shoot. He set the screen for Harden, I yeah, think, too, yeah. right? Like smart, yeah. That's a that's gotta be a double team. Make the guy who hasn't taken a shot all night hit the biggest shot of the right. game. Uh I don't know. Haven't been impressed with Joe Missoula. Uh and the guy is officially their coach. No. Yeah. Right? Like rookie coach here for them, no doubt. Yeah, we'll see if he gets the a full rookie season. Harden entered Monday's game one for twelve on potential game tying or go ahead shots inside the final twenty four seconds of a playoff game. He had done it once. Hit a fourteen footer game winner against the Warriors back in two thousand sixteen. Per CBS Sports Research, that was the worst field goal percentage for any of the 29 players in the play-by-play era, so we're going back to 96-97, who have attempted at least seven such shots. Again, potential game-tying or go-ahead shot in the final 24 seconds of a playoff game. So now he's two for 13, two, uh, yeah, two for 13, excuse me, 15%. That moved him from worst all-time to fifth-worst percentage on game tying or go ahead playoff shots in the final 24 do you know who the new leader is current player new worst yeah <laughs> new worst westbrook one for ten good call he's a new leader <laughs> followed by just some fun names here carmelo anthony one for eight so 12.5 percent and then two jasons kid yep another jason terry Good job, man. Okay. Yeah, those guys went one for seven. Like it's gonna be him or Collins, and so. I don't think he was taking a whole bunch of game winners. <laughs> no, yeah, Westbrook one for ten, Mello one for eight, Kid and Terry one for seven, and like I said, James Harden improving to two for thirteen in those situations. But this makes this series a lot more fun. There is no doubt. They got the Harden game, like Trey says. If you're gonna get a Harden game, it's more likely than not gonna come in game one. Do it without Embiid. Get that victory on the road and maybe it's the wake-up call the Celtics need. Because, yeah, I hated what they did at the end of this game on both sides as we've gone through here. Um, but, you know, obviously, I don't think anybody's saying, well, that's a wrap for the Boston Celtics. See you later. I think it's just now a series, of course. Now it's a series. And, honestly, we need more Jalen Brown. Awesome first half. 16 points, 6 of 7 from the field. Took three shots in the second half of this game. It was a layup line for Boston. That's why they shot such a great percentage, but... I would have liked to see more, especially once Tatum wasn't having anything going in the fourth quarter. I would rather go towards Jalen instead of Marcus Smart, instead of Malcolm Brogdon, but that was not the way it went down last night, and yeah. didn't pay off. So how do you play this if you're the Sixers now? You improve to 13-5 and five on the season without Joel Embiid. You win game one. He's obviously banged up. I guess they were not sandbagging us. He couldn't go. He didn't look good in practice. Wasn't moving a lot. Do you just shut him down for game two? See if, hell, Maxi could have the Harden-like game. If you can get enough shots from Melton again hitting threes and try and pull out another one and just rest and beat as long as you can. Or if he's like, I want to go. I'm going to get MVP here tonight. Put me in for game two the next <laughs> night. Uh, what do you do, Tass Mellis? Do you just shut him down for game till game three? Probably. Yeah. I want a healthy Embiid. That's my choice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, they got the win. That's all they needed. They needed one win in Boston. So, I mean, rest and beat. Maybe rest Harden as well so he can be completely <laughs> fired up for uh, game three. We know game two, uh, the game twos aren't quite as uh, point-filled. <laughs> what? For James Harden. For James Harden. Yeah, he doesn't score as much in a game two, so shut him down let him play game three. There's no need to play Embiid right now. You got your split on the road. That's the key. Yeah, I went through the old uh, our old Google Docs because with the starters, yeah, we had a graphic that God. that um, <laughs> you guys are really in the Google Docs today. Yeah, man, we like Google Docs. Anyway, uh, did you find it? No, I didn't. Okay, but wow. um, <laughs> what a great great service we've been using for <laughs> a decade. But StatMuse has, has supplanted us. We don't need it. And StatMuse, you got to pay for now. Yeah, not the ones I was, I was searching for. <laughs> okay, gotcha. um, They're still freebies. Okay, anyway, good. he's pretty even across the board from games one to game seven. So you didn't miss anything. Things have changed since Things we were, were on a long television. It's mm. been a while. Any other notes from Sixers shocking the B-Town boys in game one? Random notes, players you wanted to highlight. What do you got? I think I got everything. I think we covered everything with regards to me. Yes, I, I, think, yeah. I think everything has been covered. Everything has been covered. 
we'll be checking the Google Doc later to make sure we uh, actually <laughs> yeah. checked off everything. I mean, you mentioned really... X-Factor D'Anthony Melton already, right? That was huge. Exactly. Five threes in the first half. None in the second half, but they still count in the first half, I saw. Yeah, they, it, they had like... Um, Along with Harden, obviously, you know, dragging them to this victory. I mean, they needed all 45. It was, like, spurts of good play from the other guys. Like, Melton, like you said, first half, hitting all those threes. I don't think Maxi had an incredible game, but he had a little stretch where he was obviously very, very aggressive looking for his shot. Actually started knocking some down. Obviously, the big play at the end where he was just gift-wrapped the ball from Brogdon. Tobias Harris, same thing. They just got these little, you know, little sections of this game to pair with uh, Harden's overall masterpiece here uh, to pull out this victory. And they were helped out by the Celtics. Yeah, shit in the bed here at times. I thought they were setting up pretty nicely. I had a great baseball analogy ready to go for you, Tass, in this game. Because I was going to come here. If the Celtics would pull off a game one victory, I was like, Jason Tatum was their starter, right? He had a good game. I guess lost a little bit, but 39 points, 11 boards, 5 assists. Gave him, you know, I felt like good seven or eight innings there. And then it felt to me like Marcus Smart was the closer. He was, like, hitting those and ones. He had a couple in the fourth quarter, made some, like, smart-like defensive plays, started what we thought was going to be a transition uh, break there for Jalen Brown because they got the Horford block, went to Smart, kicked ahead Jalen Brown. But like you said, Tass, he pulled it out. But in the end, he gave up a home run because he should have shot that floater. It was a a little weird that they even went to him to begin with. I'll give you that, Trey, but... He got a little too cute with uh, in traffic trying to sort of a little to they, Tatum. They should have pulled Tatum. Pitch too, <laughs> pitch too many innings. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this ain't 1985. It's 2023. Jalen Brown should have been the the bridge. Needed pitch the, the sixth, setup man. Seventh, eighth, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. That's weird. Right. It was weird uh, to see him just kind of not be a part of the offense. That guy was. Playing really well. He yeah. is an incredible basketball player. <laughs> but in the end, Maxi had the second most points, um, you know, of, of, of anyone outside Harden and, and Tatum. That just shouldn't happen. Uh, that was a weird one. Really weird one from the Celtics. Let's move to the second game uh, from last night. Uh, remember when we said this was going to be an offensive, uh, you know, uh, the firepower offensively in this series was going to be nuts between the Suns and the Nuggets? Well, we lied to you because uh, we had Jokic scoring 39. He had a great game. To lead the Nuggets past the Suns, 97-87. to 87. Oh, my God. 39-16-5 for the Joker. Uh, taking a ton of shots, being aggressive. Trey Malone talked about it after the game. He's like, I love this. <laughs> Nobody else could hit a shot. And so yeah. they went to the one guy who could. And, man, he, he single-handedly, I thought, kept them in the game at the end of the third quarter. And then, you know, continued in the fourth and scored in a million different ways. Yeah, this was an awesome performance from Nikola Jokic. So if uh, the Tim Bontemps leak is right and he wins MVP tonight, this is the kind of game you want to see before a guy wins a surprise MVP. He put the team on his back 100%. Came out strong in the first quarter, 11 points, but he didn't want to score every point last night. He didn't really want to. Second quarter... He was playing the passing game, distributing the ball, only scored two, but at halftime, they must have had a talk where Malone said, look, they're swarming Jamal Murray. They're taking the ball out of his hands. They're trying to limit everybody else and make you score every basket. Go out there and score every basket. So Jokic did. He came out strong uh, and was smashing it in the second half. Most shots he's taken at all this season. 30 attempts. I thought that was incredible because this was a game that was played more so, I thought, at the Suns' pace. Only six... 16 turnovers in game one for Phoenix, only nine last night. Not a lot of three-pointers made uh, for the Nuggets. Not as many attempted. They were really guarding the three-point line well. The Suns were. This was a Hoopers game. That should be an advantage for the Suns, where your two-pointers matter a lot. But Jokic was the best guy at two-pointers last night. Went 15 for 24 inside the arc. Devin Booker, 10 for 21. That's good. Not good enough. Kevin Durant, 8 for 15 inside the arc. That's good. Not good enough. Definitely not good enough from three for KD, shooting two for 12. Denver's had the best player on the court for the first two games. It was Jamal Murray in game one. He could not get going really until the fourth quarter a little bit last night. But Jokic realized what was happening and adapted his game to be a scorer. And he was money. It was like the ugliest, flippiest shots. Oh, I love it. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. Just throw it up. It's going to get on the rim and it's going to roll in. He couldn't finish in game one. Not the case last night. What do you think of your <laughs> performance? 
Well, Jokic was obviously spectacular. That was the, the third quarter battle, him and Booker back and forth at the end of the third quarter was awesome. It was 9-7. It was the last seven points for the Suns was scored by Booker and then nine from Jokic. And the Suns had a lead going into the fourth quarter. And they just didn't have enough firepower, really. The, the Nuggets were playing really solid defense on Booker and Durant. It was Booker to start. He plays with the, the bench players and the bench has not been coming through uh, for the Phoenix Suns whatsoever. <laughs> That's being kind. Yeah, it's it's an understatement for sure. Monty Williams has not been pressing the right buttons. He still has a, a TJ Warren just hanging out. He, he hasn't he hasn't played him whatsoever. The guy scored 20 points in the league a while ago and he, he looked good uh, this season. Terrence Ross still hanging out. Both DNPs in this one. Nobody scoring off the bench, and they just went cold to start because the the Nuggets were doing a good job of getting the ball out of Booker's hands. Booker had an incredible game. I thought he was going faster um, than than game one, just just not letting the double teams come. He had 35 in this game, uh, but when it came down to the final few possessions where it was super close, four minutes left, yeah, they got up in Durant's face. Somebody blocked Kevin Durant. Bruce Brown came over and blocked him. It was a help block, uh, but it was an incredible block to turn it the other way. And, and Jokic was was smart on the defensive end. The, the Nuggets were within uh, – they're up three, actually, four minutes left. And Jokic saw a play where DeAndre Ayton was on the dunker spot. Josh Kogi came into the lane. Aaron Gordon left the dunker spot, and DeAndre Ayton got a, an easy dunk to make it a three-point game with four minutes left. You can see him say the next possession down, don't leave that guy. Let's see Josh Okogie make a play at the free throw line. Aaron Gordon goes back to him. Josh Okogie doesn't know what to do. He passes out, and they miss a shot, and that you know the three-point lead spreads. They have three minutes there where they didn't score with a team with Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker, and yeah, they need some offensive help uh, around them. And I, I'm not even sure that Chris Paul injury really mattered in this game in particular. Maybe. He was having his best quarter of the first seven quarters he played and went out at the end of the third quarter, but he ended with eight points. But they need some more offense uh, because the, the Nuggets are just, they're ganging. They're ganging up and they played really well. Yeah, Chris Paul leaves the game. What was it? Yeah, four or five minutes left in the third. Injured his left groin attempting a rebound there in traffic. And they were playing well at that moment. He had sort of been unlocked a tiny little bit. He did not look good at stretches in this game. But they're up by four when he goes to the locker room. He doesn't return. And uh, this dude, man, he is damn cursed when it comes to injuries in the playoffs. Like, the run he is on. No wonder he's with State Farm. Because, holy crap. <laughs> Jesus. The His premiums must injury. be insane, though. After postseason injury, we'll see how, you know, how serious it is. Um, but <laughs> it's... They need him, even when he's not playing, like, old Chris Paul levels because their bench is garbage. Garbage. We knew their son, the Suns' depth was going to be a problem. I didn't think it would perform this poorly through two games. The box score is nuts in this game. Two points from Biombo. okay? Two points from Cameron Payne. Oh, That's it. <laughs> Ish played a handful of minutes, whatever. Torrey Craig, 11 minutes, nothing. Jock played five, nothing. Damian Lee, 26 minutes, part because of the Chris Paul injury. Nothing. Four points. That is not going to not gonna get it done against a very good Nuggets team. Well, Somebody has to step up. And the fifth starter, Josh Okogie. Well, yeah, he, he had two points exactly. as well. And like Tass said, he had a wide-open floater in the middle of the lane that he did not even want to take. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to hope that you get something from the role players when you go back to yeah. Phoenix because... The campaign minutes were... <laughs> those were scary. Campaign thought he was him. We saw a great I'm him moment from James Harden. This was a great I'm not him moment from campaign. That was uh, pretty brutal. Returning from injury, played a little bit in the last series, but they looked bad. Um, I don't know. I think Kevin Durant somehow has to be the backup center and the backup point guard for this team because he needs to do a little bit more. Two for 12. You could tell that the Suns came out trying to take more three-pointers. Yeah. Maybe that got KD out of rhythm because some of the shots it looked like he knew he had to take them but didn't necessarily want to take a three. They were rushed or they were a little, like a half second behind. It was just out of rhythm uh, for the entire night. Finished 2 for 12, like I said. 10 for 27 from the field. If they get a better KD in this game, they got a pretty solid chance at winning it. But you don't see a lot of games where Kevin Durant takes more shots than points he scores. Yeah, yeah, he was just off. And in the fourth quarter, again, they... They were right there. They had a lead going into the fourth. They had a 14-point fourth quarter with Kevin Durant on the floor uh, because, yeah, the Nuggets just say, hey, somebody else beat us. And in this series, the Suns have 
uh, you know, call it call it a wash between Durant, Booker, and, and, and Jokic and Murray. But this the Nuggets have the best third player, best fourth player, and best fifth player. Really, like the the best third option, fourth option, and fifth option, and Aaron Gordon, and Michael Porter Jr. Um, and KCP. They've been outperforming. Oh, KCP the, was he, huge last night. Hit some a couple of big threes there, and uh, you know he's this is what he does. He's now hit seven threes through two games. Perfect stuff. And their bench obviously outperforming. Uh, the Suns bench. So the three, four, five, crew. six, seven, eight. Yeah, the compost crew. A couple browns and a green off the bench. That's all you need. As somebody said uh, last year, common composting problem is you have too many greens in the compost. That's what they had last year. Too many. They had <laughs> Jeff Green and they had Jermichael Michael, Green. You're right. So they kicked off one. Nice balance now. A couple browns. Right. And one that's not even a brown in a Christian Braun Brown, but he's a Brown. <laughs> like anyway, Brown. so you got a, a Jeff Green who who got a dunk, and uh, what a what a what a jam, <laughs> what a jam. So I'm saying I, that's an old timey phrase. Nobody says jam that's anymore. Jam. But but I'm saying that because Spiro Dedis on the call said, "Holy smokes!" <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, he when did. he dunked that. <laughs> also an old timey call. At first, I thought he he said, "Whoa, he smokes." Like maybe maybe, yeah, he was, maybe, he does. maybe he was just marveling <laughs> at the fact that Jeff Green smokes and can dunk at the same time at 36 years old. Uh, but listen, glass half full for the Suns. Campaign goes into the starting lineup, which I assume he will if uh, Chris Paul can't go. There are three days off here in between uh, games two and three. But maybe Campaign just scales it back and doesn't shoot seven times in 17 minutes because he's playing with the starters and gets his mojo back because that's that's what they absolutely need. And maybe that Monty Williams is forced to play some scorers off the bench, as I mentioned, Warren and Ross just chilling. So I think you can go glass half full. It was a close game. It was a very, very, very close game. Flip it to Phoenix, they could win. You think it might still be a series? Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1, relax, Skeets, 10, damn, this thing is over. How worried should the Suns be? Trey, where would you put it on that scale? Seven. Okay. Uh, it right now feels like the Suns have two reliable players in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Though, honestly, Durant has had two bad games. I agree. Seven turnovers yeah. in game one, then obviously a poor shooting night last night. With this team, the top four guys got to play well. Chris Paul is likely out going into game three. Ayton... Who knows? I mean, Aiton is going to get 15 and 10 probably in most games this series, but it doesn't feel impactful compared to what Jokic is doing. Like, even Jokic in game one, he was 9 for 21, but he dominated inside. And Aiton is just like, he scores points, but it doesn't it doesn't feel the same. Their role players will be better, I assume, at home. Phoenix is, they shot 0 for 11 from 3 last night, but like... Monty Williams is playing every guy, except for these two guys yeah. that Tass wants to play. <laughs> and if those guys aren't playing, how bad must their defense be, yeah. is the question. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Michael Malone knows exactly who to play. Only three guys off the bench last night, the compost lineup, and they all did their part. Christian Brown gets steals. Bruce Brown brings athleticism, defense, and passing. And then Jeff Green just demoralizes you with a dunk from an old man. <laughs> so with I, a cigarette hanging yeah, out of his mouth. We've seen a lot of 2-0 comebacks. Like, we just had one yeah. in the last series. The Warriors flipped things when they got to Golden State. The Suns can certainly do that, but it's going to have to be like 70 to 80 points combined from Booker and Durant, I think. That's the way it's going to roll, for sure. Uh, it's it's It just shows that yeah, a little camaraderie helps. And Michael Malone knows exactly who to play. He yes. plays those three guys. Reggie Jackson, who they thought would be their backup guard, they traded Bones Highland away and replaced him with Reggie Jackson. No, nah, you're not playing. Vlatko Chanchar, he played a lot. Uh, no, you're not playing. DeAndre Jordan, you could see a coach sneaking him in there. No, no, you're not playing. While the Suns are searching, yeah, I think you're going to get some more jock. At least he was on the floor during his five minutes working hard. And uh, somebody, somebody from a, the scoring department. Uh, probably not both, but a Tej. TJ Warren, he was, he was scoring this season. I'm a little surprised they're not playing him. I think what's scary is when you look at game two and you see the score and you're like, 97-87, oh, God, that was ugly. Hey, that was a... That was a slugfest. Must have been fouling left and right out there. People must have been living at the free throw line. Suns took five free throws. They didn't have a free throw in the first half when the score was like yep. 42 to 40 or whatever the hell it was. That's bad. And they were ice cold from three. They can't go <laughs> six of 31, especially Durant. What'd you say? Two of 12. Two of for 12. Individually. Uh, and they'll, they need, they'll either need a Josh, a, a, a Tory Craig, 
a Lee, a campaign, whoever, one of them, just one, has to have the has to have the KCP like game, right? Has to have the three or four threes, uh, or what Aaron Gordon did in Game One, where he had like the three threes. Somebody has to at least help around the edges here, because uh, Booker's sort of doing all he can, and uh, Durant. We just keep waiting for him to just have a game where he can't miss. But credit to the defenders that are able to throw at him. Obviously, some length, not making it easy in your Porters and your Gordons and stuff like Gordon that. Gordon was awesome. Yeah. I thought particularly in the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant went four for ten in the fourth. I guess Bruce Brown got that block, right? Yeah, I, think I didn't so, know yeah. if it was Bruce Brown or was Aaron Bruce. Gordon, but they were both right there. Yeah. Uh, and that was super impressive, the way they were playing defense. And then, yeah, Gordon hit a three <laughs> when he absolutely needed to. Uh, my only final note is uh, in watching this game, watching Jokic go to work, Trey Kirby has always told us post moves are cool again. And uh, my God, like, what was your favorite play? He had the baby hook over Aiton near the end of the third quarter where he just backed his ass up and then hit the little hook. He had the crazy little, uh, you know, fadeaway baseline, uh, you know, driveway dad shot over Biombo. That was again at the end of the third quarter. Then he had another one, like an off-balance hook shot in the fourth quarter. Did you have a favorite? Of uh, the Joker's points last night. Uh, I don't think you referenced my favorite. The okay. one where he had, like, he was bumping, bumping, bumping eight and then spun baseline and finished on the flip side of the rim with a, a reverse half, as well. That was yeah. a first halfer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was cooking. Ooh, he was nice. Pure basketball poetry was the call <laughs> uh, on the TNT broadcast. Yeah. Uh, I love Ziller going Exquisite. through Exquisite. Yeah, that's right. A lot uh, of that. Ziller going so through exquisite. all the ways he operates, though, um, Jokic. Screening for Murray on the pick and roll. Check. On the pick and pop. Check. Weak side threat from three. Check. Running the inverted pick and roll to get moving downhill. Check. Operating from the free throw line. Check. And then he says, Aiton should be having nightmares about those bunny hop 15-foot jumpers. Oh, God. Posting up, of course. Check. Crashing the offensive glass. He did start to do in the second half. Check. Rim running in transition. The big man. Joker. Big honey. Check. Check, 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 check. He was sort of everywhere in offense. That's a great breakdown he was there. everywhere. From Ghostface Ziller. So we'll see and, what happens. Game and he, three. And he did some defensively. As I pointed out, he corrected the defense there with four yeah. minutes left to, to figure out, oh, we can't leave a, a guy on the dunker spot open. Boom. Uh, I did I did want to check what Damian Lee's three-point percentage was because I felt like he hit 1,000 threes this year. Wasn't he, was he like great. third in the league? He was, it was 44.5. So that's pretty good. Yeah. He might hit one. Got to hit one. Yeah. Got to hit one there in Phoenix to uh, make this a series at least. Uh, anything else? Yeah, one last note. Michael Malone has a huge cut on his forehead uh, from getting hit it. in the face with a pickleball right Okay, well, well I, that's tweet of the night, but you can talk about it now. Nah. More, we'll, nah. we'll just talk about That's a tease. It's a tease. <laughs> yep. That's a tease. We'll Stay talk about tuned. our pickleball games where you guys <laughs> played. We'll talk about our pickleball injury uh-oh. <laughs> That's a tease for you. That's a tease. Michael Malone wasn't the only person with a pickleball injury yesterday. Is that why JD is sitting over there? No. Oh. No, no, no. Ah. You just wait, Tass. We'll get to that later in the show. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go through the top 10 greatest Game 7 performances in NBA history. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back here in the Classic Factory. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube if you haven't done so already. On Monday's podcast, we talked a lot about Steph Curry's 50-point Game 7 on Sunday that eliminated the Kings. What a game. And we discussed uh, within that podcast a lot about where it ranks in regard to Steph Curry's playoff career. Like, where was it on his list of greatest playoff games? But I started thinking about where did that Game 7 performance from Curry rank amongst all other Game 7s in NBA history? Any round, 
first, second, conference finals, or finals. So I fired up the basketball reference page. I fired up Stathead. Thank God we have an account through The Athletic. <laughs> Thank you, Athletic. Uh, and I didn't want to make this a, a subjective list. I didn't want to be like, well, I think that one or I think that one. So I went with the good old-fashioned game score that Basketball <laughs> Reference has, created by The Athletic's very own John Hollinger, which really just gives a rough measure of a player's productivity for a single game. It's taken into account, of course, points, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, offensive and defensive rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, personal fouls, and even turnovers. So this is game score, guys. So it's you and John Hollinger. Me and Johnny and <laughs> B-Ref. Few things about this list that I'll count from 10 to 1. 10 different players on this list. I was happy about that. No repeats. I was like, great. That's cool. 10 unique names. Uh, only two of these games on this list happened in the NBA Finals. Any guesses? Just uh, just throw it out there right now. Draymond. <sighs> That's a hell of a call, my man. Uh, I mean, I asked Chat GPT about the best Game 7 performances today. And, and, and they were all Finals performances. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you put it, you said asked for finals? No, I just said best game seven performances. Oh, interesting, yeah. interesting. Uh, okay, only two, you got one of them. Uh, five of the performances that came in game seven, they came in wins. The other five came in losses, okay? And some of our most recent iconic game sevens, Luka and Kawhi in 2021, Durant's 48-point uh, shoes too big game in 2021 against the Bucks. Mm. those just missed the top ten list. Again, this is according to game score. Those were in the top 15, though. Luke and Kawhi, which happened in the same game. <laughs> and uh, KD, like I said, that 48 point. Okay, so let's get to the list. These are the top 10 greatest Game 7 performances in NBA history. Number 10, James Worthy in Game 7 of the 88 Finals versus the Pistons. Big game, James. I wonder what type of pants James Worthy was wearing <laughs> in that game. In Game 7 of the 88 Finals. 1988, what was the pants style? I was say, like, washed denim? Yeah, no bell bottoms anymore. Uh, they were they were a fancy crew, though. They were. Those Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. He was probably wearing Armani. <laughs> Somebody check the pants on this <laughs> check guy the pants before on Game this 7. Guy. Anyway, he had a triple-double in Game 7. 36, 16, and 10 in a three-point victory. He finished 15 of 22 from the floor. He had two steals. So the Game 7 triple-double... Paired with 28-9 in Game 6, helped him win Finals MVP. And the Lakers became the first team to win back-to-back titles since the 68-69 Celtics there. I think he was number 10 on this list when it came to game score because he went 6-10 at the free throw line. So that bumped him down a little bit, and he had five turnovers. That's what I guess. Okay. I'll have to check with Hollinger yeah. after this one. Because <laughs> that's the damn Finals. That's the damn Finals. That's right, but game, I mean, game score is like a... You know, look, you just put in game seven, and it's like, hey, I'm going to weigh these equally. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was looking for. Uh, number nine, Larry Bird in game seven of the 84 semifinals versus the Knicks. 39 points for Larry Legend, 12 boards, 10 assists, three steals in 42 minutes. He shot 13 of 24 from the field. He hit a three-pointer, which you have to remember in 1984 <laughs> was like, ooh, cool. And, that's a back-breaking uh, one three-pointer. <laughs> and he went perfect at the free-throw line. He went 12 for 12. I love this starting line from the New York Times article after this game. Too much Larry Bird and not enough Bernard King. <laughs> Bernard King had like sort of a mediocre game seven. Uh, but anyway, 84 Celtics would go on to win the title. Bird would win his first finals MVP. But that was in the semifinals versus the Knicks. Number eight, Dominique Wilkins. Game seven of the 88 semifinals versus Celtics. That's right. Uh, first game seven on our list here that came in a loss. 43 minutes of action. He scored 47 points, 19 to 33 shooting, 8 to 9 at the line, 5 boards, 3 assists, 0 turnovers. And this is considered one of the greatest duels in NBA history. Bird and Neek going shot for shot in this game. Kevin McHale after the game said, quote, It was like two gunfighters waiting to blink. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, Bird what? had 34. I know. I thought it was a weird line. Waiting to blink. That's yeah. what you're looking for in a, in in a duel. Yeah. Who blinks first? I guess. Oh yeah, we had a gunslinger reference between Mark Jones and Doris Burke uh, on this weekend. Gunslinger be slinging. Yeah. Couple. Yeah. They, Mark Jones loved that Doris Burke pulled it out. They had a good <laughs> laugh. Slinging. I did. That was nice. So Nick, yeah, 47 guys in a game seven. Incredible percentages, but Bird had 34 and he had 20 in the fourth quarter as the Celtics pulled out that victory. So you're giving Bird that spot. <laughs> what do you mean? 
He had 20 in the fourth quarter and they won. I'm telling you, man, this is game score. Don't get mad at me. Mm. Number seven, Draymond Green in game seven of the 2016 finals. (laughs) Come on. Versus LeBron's Cavs. 32 points on 11 of 15 shooting, six threes, four of four at the line, 15 boards, nine assists, two steals, and only three turnovers in 47 minutes. The final score was 93 to 89. Draymond Green had 32. 15 and 9 and and a little bit of defense basically played the entire game but they lose obviously to LeBron's Cavs there and uh he played a big part in that finals <laughs> probably botching it where he had to miss the uh very important what game 4 uh game 4 or game 5 I always mix that up what was it he, missed he game played five. game 4 missed game he, 5 missed yep. game 5 thank you how many NBA finals have gone to 7 games that I don't know. I have the answer. Chat GPT that. Yep, I'll ask. What do you got? I have the answer. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm asking you guys. What do you guys think? <sighs> okay, what do so you think? Eight? Over the years. Eight? Yeah, you'd think it's low. It's, I bet it's, it's a like lot higher. 15 to 20? Okay. Yeah, it's 19. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, but again, in a loss. I, just, I told you there's losses on this list. These are just individual performances. Number six, I had completely forgotten about this game. John Stockton in Game 7 of the 1988 West Semifinals versus the Lakers. So like Neek, like Draymond, it did come in a loss. Lowest point total of our top 10 list. Stockton had 29 points. How many assists do you think he had in this game? 21. Oh, very close. Stockton had 20 assists, 5 steals, and a board. 10 of 15 from the floor. Perfect at the charity stripe. Stockton and Malone played all 48 minutes in this do-or-die game against the Lakers. A guy named Bob Hansen played 46 minutes, Mark Eaton played 44, and Thurl Bailey off the bench played 42. <laughs> they played five guys over 42 minutes, uh, and there was like a handful of other minutes to go around. Pretty nuts. It's like the modern-day Phoenix Suns yeah, right man, now. Man, man, man. But stocked, yeah, with the 29-20. Five steals. That's a pretty damn good line. Uh, in a loss. Tim Duncan, number five on the list. Game seven of the 06 West Semifinals versus the Mavericks. Duncan played just under 50 minutes in the Spurs' overtime loss to the Mavs. 41 points, 12 of 24 from the floor, 17 of 23 at the line for Duncan, 15 boards, six of them on the offensive end, six assists, one steal, three blocks. It's the most points Tim Duncan ever scored in a playoff game. This game seven here. And outside of game one of the 03 finals, it might be his greatest ever postseason performance. It's probably top three. Uh, nothing beats that game one of the 03 finals line that he put up, but not bad in a game seven. I had forgotten about this one, if I'm being completely honest, too. I don't know, 06, Spurs Mavs. Oh, yeah. TD, still doing it. What a game. Is that like a is there like a late foul? Is there a late foul no. in that game on Manu Ginobili or something like that? There might be. Is that the 06 series? I don't though? know. They I don't know. Time. Finals are finals are easy to keep track of, yeah, I feel like. Yeah. But the earlier rounds, they can mix together. So Steph Curry comes in. Again, this is game score on Basketball Reference. Comes in at number four for his first round, 50-burger in game seven against the Kings. 20-38 uh, shooting. He's the oldest guy on this list. And the only one to deliver an iconic game seven performance in a win on the road from this top ten. Because Stockton and, and Dominique there, they were on the road but they came in defeat. Uh, Curry's 50. We talked about it. Likely his third or fourth greatest game of uh, his postseason career. He had an eight board, six assists, one steal, only one turnover, and he hit seven threes. Good game. Number three, LeBron James. Game seven of the 2018 first-round series versus the Pacers. Remember <laughs> Oladipo and the Pacers taking LeBron in 18 to game seven? LeBron, 45 points, 16 to 25 shooting, Hit a couple threes, 11 of 15 at the line, eight boards, seven assists, and four steals. And they needed all of it because they only won by four points at home in that game to the Pacers. The next highest Cavaliers score, anyone want to take a guess in that game seven victory over the Pacers? LeBron at 45. Who was next in the box score for the Cavs? High score. Uh, no Kyrie at that time. J.R. Smith. No. Mm. Go big guy. Timofey Mozgov? Uh, no. He probably to, to, was gone at that point. Thompson? <laughs> Tristan Thompson, did you stutter? You did, but you got it right. Yeah, Tristan Thompson at 15 points, the next highest score. And Weird one. In looking at this list, I was like, like looking at the box score, I'm like, oh, Sabonis played 26 minutes off the bench for the Pacers in that game. So 
he was on the losing end, Sabonis, of two of the top five greatest Game 7 performances ever, according to uh, Basketball Reference and the Game Score column. Sort of wild. He played, obviously, against uh, Curry there. Uh, number two, this one is our final one in a loss. I think it's the least talked about Game 7 performance on the list. Big part of it because it came in a loss. But Kevin Johnson in Game 7 of the 95 West Semifinals versus the Rockets. In 42 minutes, he scored 46 points and had 10 dimes. Shot 12 of 26 from the field. Here's why he's on the list so high. 21 of 22 at the free throw line. Kevin Johnson. Three boards, a steal, a block. Only had one turnover, and it was a one-point home loss. Um, Barkley, he went for 17 and 23. But Clyde and Olajuwon had uh, 29 each. Kevin Johnson. This is where it's like game score. Wow. You love free throws. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This should not be number two. 21 of 22. Uh, 46 and 10. Hell of a line. But yeah. Strange one. But number one. It's a good one. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley in game seven of the 1993 West Finals versus the Sonics. Sir Charles scored 44 points on 20 shots. 19 of 22 at the free throw line, 24 rebounds, 10 offensive, like he was loony out there. He hit a three, an assist, a steal, a block, just one turnover. So his game score is 45.0, which is an entire five points clear of Kevin Johnson's game seven. Random note from this game. Now, this is the one that sent the Suns to the finals to take on Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, MVP season for Barkley. I mean, what a game here in game seven. The Suns had a 64 to 36 free throw advantage in this game seven <laughs> against the Sonics. 64 to 36. I'm sure Twitter they had must a... have been going crazy, man. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure they had a home court advantage as well. Uh, game seven was at home, yep. I believe, for for the Suns. Back there. back in the day, Eddie Johnson played well for the Sonics off the bench. <laughs> Kemp had a rough one. Sir Charles got him. So yeah, that's the list again. According to uh, the game score, the box score. Barkley won, Kevin Johnson 2 in 95, LeBron, incredibly a first-round series versus the Pacers in Game 7. I remember it going 7. We were like, what's going on here? Steph Curry, obviously, on Sunday. Tim Duncan in Game 7 of the 06 West Semis versus the Mavs. Stockton in Game 7 of the 88 West Semifinals. Draymond Green in a, in a wow, if they win this game, Game 7. Sort of what does that mean for his career and his legacy? Just that's a great Game 7 from him in the, 016, in the 16 Finals. Neek. Larry Bird, James Worthy, which a lot of people would have much, much higher because, of course, it's the finals and he had a triple-double and he went on to win finals MVP in a close close game. This is an insane list to me because it's done by game score. How is Draymond's game seven ahead of LeBron's game seven? Yeah. LeBron yeah. won. I don't know. And he had a triple-double in game seven. He made the biggest play of his career. What's the box nine score? Of, Do you have it in front nine of? Nine of 24. Yeah, that's what that's Who yeah, cares? The percentage for sure. Yeah. I don't care. 27, yeah. 11, and 11. And the biggest play of the game. Well, you could say just just, just flub it. You know, say game seven was game five when him and Kyrie had those two 40-point performances. What do you mean? That changed this. That <laughs> ended the series right there. Game five was the game seven, was the proverbial game seven when they both had 40. It's a Bill, great graphic. It. Bill Russell had a 30 and 40 in a game seven to win the championship. Magic Johnson started not, as a rookie. They may not have that. I wonder if 42, that doesn't go 15, back. 42-15 and seven filling in as a rookie. To win a championship. Yeah. This is an insane list to me. Do we need to talk to John Hollinger? Uh, we need to not go by game score. Well, okay. I didn't understand that. Yeah. I went by game score. Tomorrow, you take us through the Trey Kirby. top. Ten. I'll take you through chat GPT's top game sevens right now. Bill Russell, 1962 NBA Finals, game seven, 30 points, 40 rebounds. Magic Johnson, 1980 NBA Finals, game seven, 42, 15, and seven as a rookie. LeBron James, 2016 NBA Finals, Game 7, 27, 11, and 11. Biggest play of his career. Tim Duncan, 05 NBA Finals, Game 7, 25, 11 rebounds, 3 assists to win the franchise's third NBA championship. Jerry West, 1969 NBA Finals, Game 7, 42 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, one Finals MVP a loss, on yeah. a losing team. Larry Bird, 1984 NBA Finals, Game 7, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists to beat the Lakers in the championship. And then Hakeem Olajuwon, 1994 NBA Finals, Game 7, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks. Hold on, chat GPT. Magic Johnson's Game 7 as a rookie didn't happen. It was a Game 6. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't a game. It was, did not go to seven games. We can't trust 
numbers and we can't trust words <laughs> we can trust numbers we can trust the game score you can disagree with it but this was just more off of curry's in a round one 50 and 8 obviously on great percentages and all that so i just want to see these other monster lines whether they came in a loss or not that was the thing but that's why nobody remembers kevin johnson shooting 21 for 22 you. yeah at the free throw line. yeah that's the weirdest one but that's the because it's definitely taking into consideration probably of too much importance Hitting a ton of free throws, yeah. Was this list also inspired because we had a bit of a misleading short that went out yesterday with uh, with the title, where does Steph Curry's Game 7 versus the Kings rank all time? And we didn't rank anything. It was just Steph is awesome. He had a great game. Mm. Here's the title to lure you in. You lured people, Jerome. I agreed. Um, but anyway... Slightly misleading, but I was. I said we can play the game just a little bit. You know, we did talk a little bit about other game sevens, so I thought that may have been the inspiration for your list. Love numbers. Selling a little, yeah, cha-ching, or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. <laughs> mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Here's a number. There's 8 billion people on the planet. There's probably 8 billion people who play pickleball. And one of them is head coach of the Denver Nuggets, Michael Malone, who during the broadcast that was shown had a big gash uh, <laughs> near the top of his forehead, near his uh, hairline. Apparently he went for a ball and his partner hit him in the head. They didn't communicate. He always preaches communication. But he didn't communicate on that play. <laughs> I only included this just because I know you guys played pickleball yesterday. Let's 
hear the stories. Apparently, someone was injured playing pickleball. Matteo? Oh, no. Oh, no. He's been doing so many workouts. He was telling me about the lunges. He's following the lunge guy that puts his knee over his foot. You know, you're not supposed to do that. Matt's been working out doing that. He's been doing a bunch of things. Pickleball. Pickleball got The least athletic of them all? A little calf strain, I guess it was. Late. Late into the sesh. I guess we've been playing for a while. It was uh, after 90 minutes, certainly. But I also think it may have been a fake injury. It was TK and I versus JD's wife, Rachel, who was the best player out there, and Matty O. Now, there was a lot of wind out on the pickleball court yesterday. It was crazy. Like, there was an advantage to be on one side, no doubt. And that pickleball is light. That's right. That, that wiffle ball, that pickleball will go everywhere. TK and I took the first game, but we had the good side. We flipped it up. We went to the other side. We sort of got waxed the second game, if we're being honest. They crushed us, didn't they, TK? That was bad. But we said, we're running it back. Rubber match, third game. We'll start on the bad side, and then we were going to switch. <laughs> and Trey and I took, I believe, a, a 2-0 lead uh, in a game that was only going to seven. So a, a strong lead on the bad side. And that's when Matty O came. Oh! Ah! 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 No, we have to call it. <laughs> so we won by I'm default. Done! Yeah, yeah, I'm done. So that's what happened. But it was a lot of fun. We had like... We thought we were not going to have enough people to play one game of pickleball yesterday. In the end, we had like we had eight people out there. We were rotating teams in. It was great. So it was a lot of fun. First time, right? For well, first time since like high school. Uh, or no, it was my second time oh, since okay. I was a youngster. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Uh, at one point, Skeets had to check with Rachel. He's like. You think it's okay if we're screaming out here? <laughs> but we were quite loud. We're like, as long as it's nice screaming and celebration, it's okay. Not trash talk. Though. There was, uh, shocker, there was a bunch of old people playing down on the other end. And uh, they weren't making a peep, right? Like, no. You just no, heard no. The, tunk, 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 the ball going back and forth. They weren't saying anything. And, like, we would, yeah, we would, like, scream after a big play. We'd, like, you know, tapping paddles and all that. And I'm like, yeah, what is the pickleball etiquette? Like, is it? Are, are we supposed to be sort of like <laughs> calm and cool, or can we be screaming out here? Like, maybe this is uh, the opposite of some of these, you know, golf and stuff like that. But I mean, Rachel didn't really give me a great answer. I thought. Uh, I thought of, it's, it seemed to have more of a U.S. Open vibe than a Wimbledon vibe to me. So you know, the crowd was rowdy. Yeah. 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 It was like a waste management pickleball open. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that because I was playing in a wife respecter for the <laughs> second were, half of the day? Yeah, you had a power look going on out there. It was good. So do you like pickleball more now, Trey? Because usually you're, you're bad-mouthing it. Let's be honest. You say it's the most... Nobody, bo- nobody on this show has ever heard me bad-mouth pickleball. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I revealed it. What did you think, though? You played great. <laughs> what can I say, man? I play sports. <laughs> play sports? Of course I'm good at pickleball. Uh, we had a great time. Good. Good. I caught him in the kitchen once. He was caught like, me in the kitchen. He was once. making a sandwich. That's uh, that's my weakness. <laughs> that's yeah. my weakness. I love to be in that kitchen. Uh, <laughs> so at one point, you know, Rachel saw me hanging back. She's like, "You want to move up?" I said, "I'm good where I'm at. I always step in the kitchen, yeah, so I gotta, right. I gotta stay back a little bit here." Yeah. Uh, fun times were had, and nobody injured as bad as Michael Malone's face. I think Matteo's gonna that be, be fine. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's like quite a gash. I could see how it could happen. Totally. And just playing with you, like we were a couple times, we're like, we almost nailed yeah, yeah. each other. <laughs> but uh, hopefully he heals quickly. Uh, all right, tonight's games, Heat Knicks. That's the first game. Miami leads the series 1-0. Is Jimmy Butler going to play? You know, he was getting ankle treatment. He was walking around New York all day, checking out cool shops, having a coffee. We'll find out. Uh, I don't know what his status actually is. Uh, I don't think he's been listed out. But... Uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's walking around New York. <laughs> he seems to be sending it, like, I'm playing vibes. Yeah, I you think know? he's going to play. Uh, and then Lakers-Warriors gets us uh, finally gets underway this series, game one tonight at 10 o'clock. What are you saying? And Brunson and Randall are listed as questionable on the injury report for the Knicks. Both ankles. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Brunson thrown on there. Randall, will he come back and play? Yeah, it stinks for the Knicks that they're trying to implement guys here. Randall coming back, hopefully, for them. They need him. Uh, they need some shooting, and I I say implementing multiple guys because I think they got to throw in Quentin Grimes, who's been just sitting on the bench uh, for a lot of this since he's come back from injury. So it's a must-win game, especially if Jimmy's playing, and they can't get duped 
into thinking, oh, hmm. Jimmy's out there injured, mm-hmm. uh, and and we can win this game. If Jimmy's playing, he's going to be playing 100%, so you can't just go at him. Somebody's got to score, and hopefully for them, Randall's back. That's the, the, the guy can you know, pot 20, 25. Mm-hmm. They need him. Anything uh, else you want to uh, touch on here before we leave? I kind of would like to see Grimes start as well for Josh Hart. Hart just couldn't hit in the last in, in game one. Clearly, he was out there for defense on Jimmy Butler. But if Butler's going to be hampered a little bit, you can probably get away with Grimes playing some more minutes. I think he only got ten in ten, game yep. one after returning from an injury, but he seemed to look fine. Uh, so maybe he'll get a little bit of tick. And then, man, it's a great question about what we're going to see from LeBron tonight because. This would be a perfect time for a throwback. LeBron controlling the game from the post, hunting out Steph Curry for mismatches, and just slowing the game down and getting good shots for the Lakers. He didn't do that in round one, so we will see if he can still throw it back to 2018, you know? Yeah. Isn't he uh, notoriously on record saying like he likes game ones uh, as a feel-out game? Loves a feel-out game. Yeah, so he doesn't maybe... Like, I, I don't know. We'd have to check uh, have to check the game scores to see all of LeBron's game ones in in playoff series. But <laughs> he did have a fifty one in a game one once upon a time. Okay, fine. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, good call. Uh, so we'll see. Excited Heat Knicks. I mean, it feels like a must win game for the Knicks, no matter who is playing. And then Lakers Warriors uh, should be great uh, and doing amazing ratings, I assume, on TNT tonight. With everybody tuning into that, we'll be here tomorrow to break them all down. So join us live at 10 a.m. Eastern. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Hit that like button if you haven't already, and uh, leave your boys a comment or two there in the comment section. Till tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember. As far as game ones go, Devin Booker, to me, is the new LeBron James. He's a feeler in game ones. He's a feeler. Brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.